In this week's episode, I will talk a little bit about a negative feedback that I was able to get removed in part, I believe, due to eBay's item specifics. We've got reselling news and more coming up right now. What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to another episode of the Galaxy CDs, Rocks, and Flips Reseller Talk Podcast. If this is your first time here, or you just can't remember my name, I am Ryan, and I will be your host. I am a full-time reseller, part-time YouTuber, and podcaster working out of my home here in the greater Cincinnati area, and this channel is all about the flip life. It's been an interesting week here at the Galaxy. I woke up the other morning to... Uh, the dreaded negative feedback. So I don't get, gosh, very many at all. I've been at 100% positive feedback for, I think, over a year now. So I got up the other morning and opened my eBay app because I had orders overnight. And I noticed right away that my feedback score, I believed, had gone down. And sure enough, I opened up the feedback and there was a negative feedback there. So what do you do? Uh, the first thing I did was, of course, I read what the comment was, which said, wrong region. That was all that was said. So I knew immediately that this was probably a DVD. I'm very careful with my DVDs about putting in information about what region it is, particularly if it is limited. If it's region free and is going to play anywhere, it's really not that big a deal. Being as it is, that I'm here in the United States, most of our DVDs, if you're familiar with this whole process, are Region 1 DVDs. And I usually try to make sure that I put that in the item specifics. I also am very careful to always take a picture of the back of the DVD case, which typically will also show what region code that DVD is in. So immediately I was suspect that this was probably inaccurate negative feedback. I pulled up the order and sure enough, the buyer purchased this through eBay's global shipping program and lives in Europe. <laughs> uh, so it, technically he's right. It is probably the wrong region for him because he does not live in a region one zone. So if you've ever had the occasion to try to send a feedback removal request to eBay, you know that generally speaking, it seems like one of two things happens. Either you get an almost instantaneous response that says this particular feedback does not qualify for feedback removal and will not be removed. And you then have the option, which I have successfully done uh, quite some time ago, to take it to uh, Facebook for business on uh, eBay's Facebook site and petition them to remove the feedback. And I have successfully on one occasion been able to get that done. The other alternative is that you wait seemingly for a very, very long time. Um, they say they will get back to you within eight hours. My experience has been that generally speaking, it probably takes a little longer than that. Uh, and then it's 50-50 whether or not they approve your removal request or deny it. In this particular case, the message I sent said essentially the story that I just told you. This DVD was disclosed in the item specifics as being in Region 1. There's also a picture on the listing showing the Region 1 symbol on the back of the DVD package. And this person lives in Europe and bought it and is accusing me of 
sending him a DVD in the wrong region. Technically, as I said, he is correct. It probably does not play there, but that is his fault, not mine. (laughs) Uh, And much to my surprise, it was not five minutes, and I got a message from eBay that that would be removed. And sure enough, I went to check, and it was already gone. So I know, and we're going to get into it a little bit uh, more later in this episode, there are a lot of people who squawk and complain about the item specifics. And I'm, I'll say right up front, I'm not here to shill for eBay or Etsy or any of these sites. They do, as we have reported on this show on numerous occasions, have issues and problems that need to be addressed. But in this particular case, I believe, I can't prove it, of course, but I believe that actually filling out the item specifics and noting that this particular item was a Region 1 DVD probably was very helpful in getting that feedback removed. So, uh, like I said, we're going to talk a little bit further about uh, eBay item specifics and some other squawking uh, going on <laughs> uh, within the reseller community. Man, I came, uh, I came really close to leading with a different story uh, and a different headline, a different title for this episode, something along the lines of the uh, reselling community is a toxic cesspool. (laughs) Uh, That probably would have got a lot more clicks, uh, but it's probably unnecessarily negative and too broad of a brush, but we're definitely going to get into some of the the stuff that people post uh, on some of these sites. But first, let's do... News Updates. Some real quick uh, reselling news updates, and uh, we'll we'll end this with what I just spoke of. So starting over at Etsy, which continues to do reasonably well for me, as you'll see in the What Sold segment of this video coming up later, uh, Etsy introduced a new seller app this week. It's available on both Android and iPhone. Uh, you can access order details when you're messaging a buyer. You can know when you have a repeat buyer, which is something that eBay has also been showing us in our order information. You can add videos and photos directly to your listings from the app, and you can easily manage orders and track shipments. They claim they are also working on a ton of other features for this app uh, that you can stay up to date with, and they ask for feedback, which is always dangerous, (laughs) which we'll get into here in a bit. Uh, I downloaded the app. It's Initially, as is the case with many things, when you're accustomed to operating a program or a service in a certain way, and that way changes, it's it's a little difficult. You have to learn new things, which is something else we're going to talk about here shortly. But once that initial learning curve was over, there is a, a wealth of information on there. Um, the, the summary page is probably not quite as good as it was on the original app, but the total amount of information and the amount of things that you can do uh, is much improved. So if you are an Etsy seller, I'm sure you got a notification on this, but if you haven't downloaded the new Etsy seller app and given it a try, I would recommend that you do so. eBay posted an announcement uh, on the 13th of last week that USPS has announced changes to shipping hazardous materials. These changes will limit the services that can be used when shipping pre-owned, damaged, or defective electronic devices with lithium batteries. Shipping items with lithium batteries has been a, a challenge for all selling organizations from Amazon to Best Buy and so on. 
it is going to continue to get more and more stringent. Sellers who ship these items with lithium batteries must send them via ground transportation services as they can no longer be sent by air transportation. Acceptable services will include USPS retail ground or parcel select. So no more priority mail shipments for those type of items. They have also published new requirements for separation of packages containing hazardous materials as they provide additional details and frequently asked questions on these changes. eBay says they will update this post. Uh, it says smart ship tip. Remember pre-negotiated rates for a full range of shipping options, including parcel select ground service are available on eBay labels for all eBay sellers. So if you ship that kind of item, if you sell laptops, cell phones, anything that takes a lithium battery, uh, please note that you're not supposed to be shipping that via uh, any kind of air service. So no more priority mail. It's got to go ground. Now, this next one is going to uh, lead us into this uh, negative cesspool <laughs> segment of the show. So uh, eBay announced that they are going to have their next eBay open sessions of good chunk of it, which is going to be virtual again. And there are going to be, I think, three meeting sites, New York City, Austin, and one probably out on the West Coast. I don't recall off the top of my head. But e-commerce bites uh, posted a article that the eBay open announcement on Facebook brings harsh reality check. Uh, it's hard to imagine eBay executives think everything is fine and dandy for customers selling on the platform, given the decline in sales and buyer growth. But if some of the executives are in denial, they only need to go to its eBay for business Facebook page for a reality check. They're losing control of the message on Facebook as evidenced by its recent post announcing the upcoming eBay Open Seller Conference to be held in September. People who commented on the post openly expressed their dissatisfaction with what they say eBay has become and the drop in sales that they've experienced. As, as an aside, I don't know... Uh, my eBay sales are down a little bit, but not tremendously. And I don't know how much of that is people who, and we talked about this during the pandemic, and I know the Pure Hustle podcast guys also talked about this, that the the window of time when things were on lockdown and things were really, really tight and people were staying home and they were playing games and they were watching movies, that window of time was a exceptionally good time to be a reseller. So sales were off the charts for a lot of folks. And I don't know how much of this dip that we're currently experiencing is related to that surge of not only people being at home, but the massive amounts of stimulus money that went out that people were able to spend on discretionary items rather than paying bills or whatnot. So I don't, I don't necessarily agree with the notion that the dip in sales on any of these sites is a fault of the site. Obviously, I'm in the minority opinion <laughs> uh, on that, according to the, the posts and the comments here, but we'll get into that as we continue. Uh, Mercari is way better right now. One seller posted after eBay did updates and changed all the view counts. Pretty much sucks over there. Uh, again, my view counts have stayed relatively stable for the last 18 months, I average when I pull up my little window on my eBay seller hub, it's anywhere from 850 to a million 50 impressions every whatever the metric is 30 days. So it's been within that window for as long as I can remember it. Of course, like everything does go up and down, but I have not noticed an appreciable drop in my views. 
Uh, eBay paid to promote the post so it would appear in Facebook users' feeds, which made the volume of negative posts associated with it more notable and the fact that sellers posted using their names. Um, We are beyond thrilled to announce the return of the biggest seller event of the year. Read our official announcement on eBay Open 2022, including details about this year's exciting virtual and in-person hybrid format. Registration opens July 20th, which will be, I guess, a couple of days after I publish this episode. I believe that would be Wednesday. But the comments were riddled with users complaining about slow sales and pining for eBay Live conventions of old or making announcements of their own. The typical one that they're closing down their eBay sales and moving on. (laughs) Uh, We had a saying in the car business when people came in with like ridiculous offers and just dumb stuff uh, to tell them to GTFO. I'll let you figure out what that might mean. And uh, to be completely frank, that's how I feel about these people. Stop telling me on the message boards that you're going to close your eBay account or your Etsy account or your Macari. Just just go. Go. Nobody needs to know. Nobody will miss you. (laughs) Uh, eBay will certainly not miss you. And you're, I think one of these people has 25 listings. eBay is not going to miss that. They're a multi-billion dollar company. Just go ahead and go. This isn't an airport. You don't need to announce your departure. (laughs) Uh, But enough of that. Here are some of the comments that were made. Uh, Selling for 20 plus years, I have absolutely no confidence in eBay. It's like you've developed a culture of let's do whatever will run sellers away. How many hoops can we make a seller jump through to get an actual sale? Frankly, I'm tired of the hoops. Other platforms are coming along very well, and I will soon be like many who once enjoyed selling on eBay, but will leave. Uh, Another poster said, I loved going to eBay conventions. They slowly went downhill, just like eBay. (laughs) Uh, eBay is a sinking ship. I've been here since 1996. Most changes they make hurt sellers. The time invested jumping through the hoops to sell is getting pointless. This person believes marketplace will be the new eBay and time will tell. Uh, here's another one. We need to start organizing a vote of no confidence on all upper management at eBay. I believe you have to be a shareholder probably to participate in that, but that's neither here nor there because that person probably won't try to organize anything. <laughs> Uh, here's one that has some validity to it. The reduction of categories and addition of item specifics has really hurt business. In my opinion, I don't know that I completely agree with that part of it, but I do agree with the second part. The categories are so broad that you needed item specifics to filter, but many of the specifics are nonsensical, which is something I've talked about on this show previously. If you sell vintage jewelry, for instance, it says there are several specifics about diamonds, most of which are irrelevant if you have, quote-unquote, costume jewelry. Vintage lighting, as another example, asks about energy ratings, which didn't exist for the vintage lighting you are selling. They also note that it does take forever to fill in the item specifics. There are a lot of them in any given category. There are any number of them that we may all agree are nonsensical or just don't really fit the item that we're listing. And in that case, I generally just ignore them and get on with life. I don't, it's not, for me, it's not the end of the world. Uh, And as I mentioned at the intro portion of this episode, I think in some cases it may actually be beneficial. So uh, lastly, 
Someone says it's not really about who creates the best description, title, or pictures in ads anymore. So many hoops I've jumped through over the years. Instead, you tell everyone to use promoted listings, and whomever gives you a higher percentage of the sale can be seen first in the search results. Again, I I don't completely disagree with that sentiment. I'm not, as I've talked about here previously, I don't use promoted listings. I don't, I'm not a fan, at least for the type of product that I carry, which are almost exclusively unusual one-off media items. They're not, it's not something I have like a multiple of where I've got huge margins that I can spend on ad buys for promoted listings to make the thing work. I'm sure that promoted listings work great for someone who's selling mad quantities of a particular item. It makes perfect sense in that case. In my case, it does not. And eBay's push for everybody to use some sort of promoted listings is, in my view, kind of problematic. Additionally, you may have noticed a couple of weeks ago, this went way under the radar, but eBay is going to be eliminating the 1% option for your promoted listings. The minimum amount of fee is going to go to 2%. So if you are a seller, I don't recall when that goes into effect. It may already have started. Uh, But if you are a big user of promoted listings and were a 1% person, you're going to have to go in and edit all of your listings uh, to 2% if you want to continue to try to promote them. Otherwise, they will revert to no promoted listing. So they were very, very stealthy with that announcement. But uh, if you are, if you use promoted listings, be aware of that. Uh, here's another one, and we'll close this portion of it with this one. Um, this was a letter to e-commerce bites, which just hoping and what seems like thousands of other full-time sellers, you could shed some light on the fact that it's been three months now since eBay forced the new unified listing tool on a portion of us. This person says it's a mobile app that was extremely poorly adapted to a desktop, not adapted at all, really, and that is the problem. They do probably rightly because eBay has done this, unfortunately, more often than not. After being engaged for a week or two, eBay has gone silent and is not even responding to community requests to fix it and make it more of a desktop tool like the classic version. They... I. I completely agree with the portion of eBay needs to continue to engage their community. I don't know necessarily that they have to change the direction that they're going with the desktop listing tool. I rarely use it. I almost exclusively use mobile, which we'll get to here in a minute. (laughs) Uh, But uh, they need to continue to engage their sellers. They need to have these conversations. I know they're not comfortable. They're not fun for anyone. But they serve a purpose, even if the answer ultimately is no, we're not going to change this, engaging the sellers and trying to convince us why this new, whatever it is, this new program, this new method of doing things is better, makes good relationship business sense. You're not going to convince everyone, obviously, from if you go to the message boards on any site, like I said, it is a toxic wasteland. People are just... (laughs) complaining about everything. It's a wonder anybody sells on these sites if you go to the message boards. But this person goes on to say, and this is where I really start to disagree, uh, I personally have not listed over 600 items that I normally would have in that time period, which they rightly say is not sustainable for their business. So they're cutting off the old saying, their own nose to spite their face. Why would you not list items just because you don't like this tool? That, it just makes no sense to me. 
They say the new tool is so terribly designed and built that it frustrates listers to no end. The constant clicking and hidden toggles that all should be in plain sight on the main page instead of in secret pop-up boxes make the process painful. Like I said, I've only used it a couple of times, and there is, as I said earlier in this episode, there is a learning curve. When you introduce something new, you have to adjust. When you switch jobs and they had a new computer system or whatever the case is, there's a learning curve. You have to adjust what you do and what you know and kind of meld those two things together. And a lot of these folks, uh, there's one in particular that we're about to talk about, just don't seem to want to, to want to do that. They don't want to learn anything new. They don't want to do anything different. They just want to do what they've always done. And that, for better or worse, is just not the way the world works. So, um, here, here's one. <laughs> uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you're seeing these people's user names, and frankly, I don't care. They posted them online in a public forum, so here they are. I've posted my feelings about this in here before, but I'll post it again. I'm a 23-year seller, and the minute they force that POS tool on me, I'm out of there for good. Again, I say bye-bye. I have a perfect HTML template that has worked for me for decades and has allowed me to pay eBay tens of thousands of dollars. They don't want us, so be it. I hesitate to be too harsh here. If you're using a decades-old HTML template to list items in 2022 on eBay, the problem is not eBay, it's you. (laughs) Uh, That is just insane to me. You developed something for a a program that has continued to grow and to develop, and you don't want to grow and develop with it. You want the site to be like it was 23 years ago. That is just mind-blowing to me. I don't, of course, I have no idea what the age of any of these people are, and I know technology gets a little more challenging as we get older. I watch a couple of little boys that are friends of mine navigate technology in a way that my 56-year-old <laughs> self can no longer do. So I get it to some extent, but man, oh man, not listing your products, not making sales, not being willing to make changes to continue to run a business like this on these platforms just frankly blows my mind. Here's another one. Uh, everything is now double or triple clicks. I will agree with that. I've noticed some things, as the original poster said, that take a little bit longer to find and navigate than maybe they did previously. But again, once you've learned those things and they have become the new habit for you, they won't be an issue going forward. This person says they used to have 200 listings. Now they have 25 to 35. You're too much trouble, eBay. Uh, I'm going to scroll down here to find this one. If I can find it, I missed it here. Uh, I don't see it now, but there was somebody who was complaining about um, people listing on their phone and calling them lazy and (laughs) whatever. And I was like, really? I use my phone all the time and I, I I don't see why... How, how you list things on eBay makes that big of a difference. I can take better pictures with my phone than a lot of folks take with their camera. I just, I don't know. Uh, some of these old school folks, man, they just, they just don't want to get with the times. And they go on, if you go on 
And I guess this is true in almost any realm of life. You go onto Facebook, you go onto a news site, you go onto a hobby site or a sports site or whatever, and you make the mistake of going into the comments. It is just depressing. Um, <laughs> and, and this is no different. I have not, since I stopped really diving into the news for reselling whatever it was three, four months ago, I had stopped visiting e-commerce bites because the tone of the site and the tone of the commenters is like this. It is relentlessly negative and downing these sites. And again, I'm not here to shill for eBay. They, they have their flaws, but there is nowhere else I can go. I can't make a website of my own that will get the kinds of eyeballs that listing on eBay does. And if I have to make some changes and adapt how I do my business to be successful there, then that's what I have to do. And I will continue to do it because this gives me the best opportunity to live the kind of life with the kind of flexibility that I want to live. And I think for a lot of you, uh, hopefully it is the same. And I will give the advice that I try to give to myself, but so often fail to live up to just don't read the comments. <laughs> All right, with that, I've got a just a little what sold segment for this week. There's not, it has been a big bread and butter week. My sales for the week. Actually, uh, I sold something on all four of my platforms, Mercari, Bonanza, Etsy, and eBay. So it was a very successful week, but it was a lot of little bread and butter type stuff. So there's not a ton here to show you. I think I've got half a dozen today. This first item is a really old book. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see on the screenshot in really pretty bad shape, Titan, A Romance, Volume 1 from Jean-Paul Frederick Richter. Uh, that's a mouthful from 1862. This was a Tickner and Fields hardcover. The, the spine had damage. The cover was split almost entirely. The front cover was barely hanging on. Uh, but a really rare old book. It's been in my inventory for quite some time. This was part of my 35% off clearance. It went for $25.99 with free shipping. Uh, Mercari Sale, the prayer book library of Catholic devotion from 1959 by John O'Connell and Jex Martin. This is a little hardcover book. Uh, again, prayer books, religious books, especially pre-probably 1970 can be really, really strong. This is an item that I probably own for about 50 cents that sold for $29 on Mercari with free shipping. Uh, old fiction book from 1938, The Dry Guillotine, 15 Years Among the Living Dead. Um, I say that now, and I don't believe it is fiction, actually. I think I'd have to look at this again. I haven't pulled it yet, but I believe it's a nonfiction account of this person's time in a prison camp, uh, if I remember from when I listed this for uh, months ago. <laughs> Uh, this was an illustrated hardcover, again, from 1938. It's an item I picked up in a lot at an estate sale for a dollar. It sold on eBay for $34.99 plus media mail shipping. Another religious book, the Marked Reference 
King James Version Bible from uh, Gilchrist Law. It's something Etsy cuts off <laughs> on their app, part of the title. It was, this was from 1964. It was a leather Bible published by Zondervan. And the book itself was actually in really good condition, but the leather on the cover was severely warped. It wasn't damaged, but it just had obviously been improperly stored for a long, long time. In better shape, this is probably a $50 Bible all day. I had it listed for $39.99, and it sold for that on Etsy plus media mail shipping. So again, pre-1970s era religious books, uh, pretty much as long as they're not the donated Gideon Bibles, are definitely worth taking a look at. Another sale on Etsy, Anguish Languish, a first edition illustrated hardcover with its dust jacket. This was... A, a book from, I believe, the 1960s that was a kind of a parody of the English language, hence the English language. And it was like that throughout, where the author just took normal English phrases that might be difficult, especially for a non-native English speaker, and butchered them into some kind of parody. Really unusual book. Not my cup of tea, but somebody liked it and bought it on Etsy for $59.99, plus media mail shipping. This was an item that I picked up at an estate sale for a dollar. And this, I believe, is the flip of the week. Yeah, we're real quick. Just bam, we're done. Uh, 20,000 nurses tell their story. A 1958 report on studies of nursing. This was, a, as is described in the title, a book about what nurses were going through in the job and the health field at that time in the mid to late 1950s, a really interesting piece. There were none of these available anywhere that I could find, so I just pulled the number out of the air. I couldn't find any comps. I listed this thing for $69.99 plus customer paid shipping, and that's what I got for it over on eBay. So uh, there you go. Despite all of the evils of eBay and their item specifics, uh, it has been a successful run for me. <laughs> I got a negative feedback removed, I think in part because I had those item specifics filled out and could very quickly prove that the customer was in the wrong in that particular case. And I think, again, there's no way for me to prove this, so it's totally anecdotal, but I think filling out the item specifics as best you can, as much as can be applied to a particular item is incredibly helpful if for no other reason than that eBay's current modus operandi is to promote and to uh, kind of prioritize those listings. I don't know if when you're doing a search, the item specifics really make that much difference or not, but it certainly makes a difference to eBay and how they want to feature those listings. So as heinous as we may think they are, they are something that is here to stay and something that we probably need to adapt to to continue to grow our businesses. Uh, if you liked my rant, <laughs> uh, do me a favor. If you're watching on YouTube, click that thumbs up button and uh, let the YouTube algorithm know that you enjoyed my rant today. If you're not a subscriber or the follower of the podcast, please consider doing that as well. I would very much appreciate it. It makes it all worthwhile for me to come down here and record these things. So with that being said, I hope you have a terrific week. And until we meet again, it's time to sell. Thanks, guys. 
You have been listening to the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you again next time.